Welcome back to another episode of your favorite show about full-length albums and possibly the only show about full-length albums that you listen to, TNT. Uh, my name is Tim Lusick. I'm one of your hosts. Uh, my other host is Tan Nguyen. Hello. <laughs> uh, if you're just tuning in for the first time, thanks for joining us. Um, we are a monthly show who aims to explore and celebrate the art of the full-length album. Uh, across different genres, eras, communities, and time. Um, this is a format that we believe is traditionally uh, not quite as celebrated as much as it once was, uh, especially given this very digital age in, in which we live. So we try to take a different album each month and dig into its story and uncover its impact on society and time. So thanks for joining us. This is our March 2023 show. And today, we're talking about an album that came out less than a year ago, easily the newest album we've ever done on TNT, uh, and that's the 2022 album by Japanese punk band Otoboke Beaver, Super Champon. And the first track that we're going to listen to off of that is called Yakitori. For sure. Woo! My word. <laughs> what do you guys think? What do you think? What do you oh, think? Oh boy. Um, I just I don't know. I find myself uh, laughing and like smiling a lot when I listen to this album. And like you know, it's one of those things that I've listened to a lot in the last few days is preparing for the show. And I'll listen to it and I'll pick up. I'll like hear different like breakdowns, different like little things about it each time. Yeah. And I'll just I just think it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. It's uh, and it's polished. It's pretty polished and grungy, but like, good, good sounds, but really hilarious. And it definitely got the energy up for me. Oh yeah, and a smile. Oh, yeah. sure. <laughs> oh boy, it's so like, hilariously funny but real. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I don't say like it makes me laugh to demean it by any means, because I think it's actually like incredibly technically uh, precise and yeah. really, really good. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. really I really like this. Album. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so how do we come across this? Is that, am I going too too early? No, no, that's totally fine. I I'm just trying to think of how we came across. I know you know. So the last couple shows that we've done, uh, you know the the two shows about the mashup album, right? Uh, you know, I, I think we felt like okay, those were it, you know that technique of like doing mashups was really interesting and different. But like the songs and the music and everything was like incredibly like not mainstream necessarily, but like kind of mainstream and, and poppy. And so I think we were looking to do something a little different. <laughs> yeah, we were trying to bring back the youth, I guess. <laughs> oh, and this one, if the, if the kids don't come running for this, I don't know what they're coming for. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I agree. I think, um, you know, we I had just found out that I was going to Austin at the same time during South by Southwest. You had saw like a NPR. All yeah, I think I've, yeah. Yeah, and then you forwarded it to me and then, the next thing I know, I'm in Austin. It's like, oh, this band's playing, and I didn't get to see them unfortunately because they were playing all official badge shows. And uh, you know, rich enough to get a badge, but <laughs> um, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna just check this out, and sure enough, it's <laughs> it's raging and it's hitting all the points in the sense that for me, in the sense that it's like high energy, it's a little comical, but also like a big fuck you like oh, yeah. this is who we are yeah you know? so yeah. very like all those like core elements of rock and roll where it's like it's real fast and it, like gives you know there's a lot of energy there but it also is like you said like a kind of like a big fuck you and like very uh authentic <laughs> yeah 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 so i found it refreshing i'm like truly crushed that uh we found out about this band like right before right after they played like two shows in new york Right, and then, that, and then at South by you, you know, you weren't able to go. It's like I, I'm crushed. I think seeing this yeah. band live would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think there was a review online somewhere of their LPR LPR show. I think you were talking about it, and I read the review for prepping for this show, and they just seem like they just want to go play shows and have fun, but not in the sense like go have fun and go rage and go fuck up our lives and drink lots of beer and like run not, you know yeah. what do you think like a rock band would do is they're just like some people enjoying the music that they're playing and they just want to play it to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> In absolutely this comical but serious manner yeah yeah totally um so as we mentioned this is a japanese band um they hail from osaka japan um this album oh, was kyoto is it kyoto i think they're from kyoto but they oh they recorded in osaka yeah yeah they they met in kyoto at university yeah you're right uh, at some club scene whatever and then yeah i guess they recorded in osaka and they also worked with the record label in osaka i love osaka i've i've never been <laughs> um otobuki beaver is actually uh the band is named after a love hotel in osaka which is near where one of the members went to high school so <laughs> so yeah you're right they're, they're from kyoto um <laughs> this album came out on may 6th of 2022 
uh, easily the newest newest record we've we've ever done. Uh, it's not even a year old yet. So um, this is their yeah. first full studio album uh, featuring new songs, as opposed to compiling EPs or singles and things like that. Um, and yeah, it came out on Damnably Records. Yeah, in two thousand in two thousand two wait two thousand twenty two, just last year. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, what was uh, they, the band formed in 2009? Yeah, they got signed to Damley in 2016. Um, should we should I go through the band members or sure? I like their names, you know, <laughs> like the names that they picked for themselves. I'm, I'm kind of glad that you're going through them because I, I would butcher them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna butcher them anyway. So, the singer <laughs> is a Corvin and then the guitar is Yo-Yo Yoshi, and then the bassist is Hiroshan, and then drummer is Kahokis. That's right. Which is hilarious because <laughs> I don't know. It's just like cute, like you know when you Otobeke Beaver in the name alone. That's like okay, this is weird. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and like. You read their names, not looking at their photos, not listening to the music. You're like, okay, oh, this is like cute Japanese, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. but raging. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's like my word for them for this show. Totally. Yeah. And for, for the audience listening at home, uh, you know, it's four young Japanese women. And typically they, when they play shows, they play in like these kind of like 60s inspired like mini dresses that are like pretty brightly colored like go-go uh, vibe yeah yeah totally like a go-go vibe and so it ha- very much has that like kind of cutesy pop bright vibe to it and they they play they come out and they play this music like the super thrashing fucking hard music <laughs> right. i think it, i think i love like the, the the dichotomy there you know yeah um it's just kind of interesting because I see I've seen like footage of them like mm-hmm. in the in the rehearsal studio and they're just like normal girls just hanging out playing music and but whenever you see their stage presence I think this is what at least 80% 90% of why people love this band is their stage presence and their their form and their technique is just on point. Dave Grohl of of the Foo Fighters and Nirvana apparently is quoted saying it'll blow your mind dude it's the most fucking intense shit you've ever seen yeah it's pretty intense it's 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 funny because it kind of reflects the time that we're in now you know say more about that uh very quick you know if you're watching new movies these days or you're on instagram or tiktok Mm. quick cut Mm. quick cut these tracks are like what a minute long yeah most of these tracks are less than two minutes long yeah so like, <laughs> and the energy that is compacted into each of these and just in the title alone is just that's a lot of information yeah yeah and just to yeah. some of the titles uh on this on this record will also help uh, illustrate some of the themes uh i am not maternal i won't dish out salads uh, leave me alone. No, stay with me. I checked your <laughs> cell phone. Uh, where did you buy such a nice watch you were wearing now? Uh, you're no hero. Shut up. Fuck you, man. Whore. 
<laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. They're definitely like there's there's a big punch in in you know what is a relatively like short, uh, snappy thing. Yeah, and it's it's funny because I don't know if you want to get into like the songwriting or the influences of maybe we could do that on the second second sure. segment, but yeah those song titles knowing what we know of japanese culture this is just personal you know thoughts here that i would think that Jap Jap japanese people are really reserved the culture is like fairly reserved and having music punk music they really took everything having a reserved culture but also taking craft at hand and taking it to like the next level on craft and like certain america america what do they call um the japanese people who are really obsessed with uh like paris or something toki something toki hmm. I'm, 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 I'm looking up right now okay <laughs> keep on talking yeah yeah no absolutely um you know a lot of their songs feature ideas about about love or relationships um and some of them are based on the singer's own experiences um and can reflect themes obviously i think of female oppression in in modern society in modern japanese society even um apparently this was not something they were super conscious of at first especially the singer she was writing some of the songs uh but i guess like kind of became more familiar and more comfortable with the idea of feminism as she traveled abroad i guess feminism is uh sort of a four-letter word in japan right yeah and so yeah. as she as they traveled abroad and played um, they became much more comfortable with that idea and like now are like kind of self-identified that way, which is really interesting. Yeah, I, I thought like her idea of what feminist was, like you just said, like it was a had a bad connotation to it. And yeah, of, which kind of makes sense in like Asian culture, like because Asian cultures are very patriarchal hmm. and, you know, women in the sense from past i'm not you know i'm trying to be careful of my words here but i'm not even gonna go there, <laughs> <gonna> go there. <laughs> uh, anyways yeah asian asian cultures coming from vietnamese background like are very patriarchal so people are supposed to be obedient submissive blah 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 all that stuff and yeah having that term be tossed around and then going outside of to western culture and finding out that it's actually a good thing it's actually uh you're you're pushing the forefront into like new territory and embracing they're just embracing that their new meaning of it and bringing it back which is still good it's so yeah. great uh an article in nme uh kind of talks about some of the themes of the album and says uh, fueled by personal anxiety uh, Akarin Rin's sharp lyrical lens uh, also attacks Japan's oppressive social customs with brutal honesty. Uh, I am not maternal, laments societal pressures on women to have children, while I won't dish out salads, lashes out against the stereotype of women serving salads in workplaces and social settings. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think that it definitely resonates with, um, you know, people who listen to this album. But yeah, what didn't she just say something like, oh, I was actually just writing songs about my boyfriend that I hated at the time. <laughs> Which is so simple and so real. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what you're doing. But obviously, there's a different, you know, once you release music, it's like people create 
a whole different story backstory whether you enjoy or not in a sense you know yeah i don't think they're putting on any airs like i think they definitely feel i think these things are very like personal uh in a lot of different ways you know um there's (laughs) there's one song on here called i put my love to you in a song j-a-s-r-a-c it's just like an acronym um and apparently the story is that the the singer kind of got like disillusioned after their first like couple like eps and touring around and stuff and like men were joking that like oh maybe if like i hook up with her or like date her like she'll write a song about me and so she didn't she didn't care for that idea (laughs) and so instead uh wrote this song about this thing called uh jace rack which is like a basically like japan's uh like copyright uh mm-hmm. organization <laughs> which so is funny. pretty hilarious um so she's you know again it's just like this idea of taking uh this idea that like they're supposed to be one thing or they're supposed yeah. to fall into like x category and like kind of turning that on its head which is what what is what in my opinion like a lot of great rock and roll does yeah uh and they're probably according to some reviewers out there they're probably like at the forefront of like japanese punk i guess right now i don't know i'm not in the scene i'm speaking from not very much punk experience i mean i listen to a lot of punk and i i can't say i'm over familiar with japanese punk so i think that our last japanese album that we might have done was boredoms and they were pretty wild too they were pretty wild funny you say that similarity boredom's recorded some music at the same studio that they recorded this album oh nice so just a little bridge little bridge there. fun fact <laughs> gotta go check out the boredom's i don't know what episode number that was but <laughs> i'm sure it was a good one bow drum 77 but what are, what are what are some I, you might have already spoke about this but do you want to add any of their first thoughts coming from being like i see you as a veteran punk music listener so you know i would say that yeah what's I your think take <laughs> <laughs> you, you give yourself that title i've been okay. logging 20 plus years it's no big deal <laughs> um again like you know when i uh when i heard this i was like both surprised because like you know i i listen to a lot of npr as well uh and you don't generally hear music like this spoken about on npr let's put it that way um they you know they they do quite a good job of showcasing a lot of different types of music a lot of different bands but like rare is it like punk or like hard you know even verging on hardcore punk which some of these songs do um so i was like kind of really surprised because the album just like the album just starts and like just goes and doesn't really stop there's no like down tempo songs here there's no like kind of interludes or whatever the the thing just fucking rips from tb yeah 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 yeah. um Um, if you had to describe this group to someone's grandma (laughs) to get them to listen to it how would you describe it to them someone's grandma (laughs) damn that's really (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh that's fun this is a punchy late night show so i like it um i would say um you know you remember the shangri-la's grandma <laughs> remember them how they were they were a girl group and they kind of sang about um love and boys and sort of also their own like uh take on on those things uh, imagine that but with a lot more guitars and like 
10 times as fast. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's what I would say. Nice. <laughs> that's so good. The guitar parts, the drumming, everything's super tight. The singing. It's a four-piece four band. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they're all pretty good at what they do like it's the if you listen to some of the bass lines like the bass is moving and the drums are very precise and like very yeah. specific yeah which i think is really fun yeah. <laughs> funny that like they're all pretty much influenced with like rock music but pop as well and like comedy and theater and stuff like that and i went back to watch uh the lead singers like influence Mm. influenced by uh this com japanese comedian yeah. shimura i went back on youtube and like watched some of his stuff fucking hilarious oh really yeah really <laughs> funny and there's some like english subtitles ones too so but nice. it just it's 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 their style i forget what it's called um the style but it's like pretty much japanese stand-up that's mm. what they're influenced so they take it care a lot of yeah. their shows or whatever from stand-up style yeah show, showbiz traditional japanese comedy uh called manzai yes and apparently uh it's speed tempo and rhythm of delivery are an influence on their style so yeah it's kind of funny to think like okay you're you're you started this group and you're playing in your rehearsal studio or wherever you're playing and then you're like how do we put a show together and you know maybe they just knew and like their first show i listened to their first one of their first live recordings that was put out on egypt records oh yeah um they're from Osaka as well terrible recording but still the energy is there i believe it you know yeah uh, it, it might not have been as polished as this one that you hear but the energy's there and the personality the personality goes through the speakers mm, interesting. how i see it keep that thought in mind about the personality and the energy uh we're gonna listen to another track uh to exemplify some of the things that we're talking about um this is the first track on the album called i am not maternal <laughs> Yeah, 
Okay, that was the first track on the 2022 album Super Champagne by Otoboke Beaver. These uh, girls are hilarious, but yeah, go ahead. Oh, man. And this this song in particular, like, uh, I looked, you can find some of the, the songs, like, translated. Yeah, and, okay, uh, I'm glad that you looked it up because... <laughs> It'll go into my next thing. So totally, yeah. So the the it kind of starts out by saying like I don't believe in my maternal instinct. It's none of my abuse, or it's it's none of my business. Child abuse, and it says please calm down my emotional instability. Uh, take a deep bow to my hormone balance, and then it talks about like I love dogs. I love dogs. I deliver a puppy, not a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, then it like kind of repeats some of that, and it says like having my parents uh, meet their grandkid, uh, I immediately put it back in my belly. Uh, through generations, sheer pleasure, self-realization, self-realization. <laughs> and apparently, the video is like an animated video, and it like is like them putting a baby like back in her. <laughs> Someone's like, belly. oh my gosh. <laughs> That's hilarious. And I, it, it's funny because when I think of punk and I think of rock, you know, you go see a rock or punk band live, you can't really understand what the singers are really saying. You know, they're it's hard sometimes. The mic, yeah. Like they're screaming, you know, hardcore shows, they're screaming in the mic. Yeah. Whereas, like, the, maybe I'm new school here and like new to the game to punk rock music, but you know, you, you can't understand them in a different way. It's the language barrier, but the recording is like, pretty clean and clear you could really hear the words be enunciated and some of the live footage too that i saw on instagram and you know on youtube like still clear i don't know if it's like technology this day or if it's just they chose it to be clear lyrically yeah and that, that was kind of one of the questions i was going to ask was like even though the majority of this album is not in english you know, and not just this album, but like in general, when you listen to music that is primarily not sung or written in English, like how does that affect your listening experience? Yeah, I think it affects a lot. My personal, I listened to this album walking down the street, hmm. a few walking down the block, you know, it's like, all right, I'm going to just take a break from the screen and just put this album on and let it play in my headphones. And yeah. it was direct into my headphones and you know, the great thing about music, music is quote unquote universal, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's different tones and whatnot, but it doesn't, although I don't understand the meaning, they communicate the meaning and the energy in a different way. That's yeah. just, you know, uh, what's that, uh, what's that other, there's that Swedish band, Dungan. Oh yeah. Or I don't even know if they're Swedish or not, but they're from yeah. Europe, but speaking another language, don't know anything, but melodies are really pretty really great you know same with this like there's some melodies and guitar and drums that's what's universal the sounds the drums the, the guitars and stuff like that so yeah yeah no totally i agree with you um i've i've discovered this i don't know how I, if this is a recent discovery but i guess i've, I've think, been thinking about it more as i've gotten older and i feel like i'm some people i feel like are lyrics people it's like they love the lyrics and it's like they connect with like a folk singer who's like singing this like beautiful, you know, a poetic verse. <laughs> and for me, it, I certainly fall on the other side of that where it's like, I connect with the music first. Right. I think like it's more inherent to me to like hear, 
you know, a baseline intro and then like a drum kick in. That's like, that's like catnip for me. Like I'm, I'm, like, I'm already like, I'm already halfway in. Like with that. Somebody like, make starts. a meme. Please, <laughs> I see that meme. Oh my God. That's cool. Yeah, no, that's an interesting way to approach music is, is it instrumental or is it lyrically? And I, I try to approach it like very holistic and whole with it, but yeah. Yeah. I listen to mainly electronic dance music and whenever it comes to live band music it it, it kind of makes it more what how how is the relationship between the drummer and the guitarist uh the lyrics I can if the lyrics are set to a good melody okay sure the lyrics I think the lyrics come as a second thought the same yeah. for me yeah yeah and I feel like that's like you know, I listen to, to less electronic music than you do even, <laughs> of course, but like, that's, I, that's how I connect. I think with, uh, like electronic music or house music or, or 80s, like synth music or whatever, it's like very much the rhythm that I, uh, I think identify with more before like the general, the lyrical value or the, the overall like sort of vibe. Um, yeah. To, longer than. to go just a little bit further and a little bit more nerdy i i personally feel that uh language is actually although it's like everybody's main form of communication i personally feel it's a little limited hmm. that's why we have so many different languages at the moment but like really languages are just different frequencies and tones yeah. so you can actually take her voice and put different lyrics to it but have the same tones possibly in another language it yeah. might have totally a whole different meaning but the energy is still there in a sense yeah which yeah. brings me up to like the next thing which is probably off topic that doesn't have to do anything with this, this. is our show time we can talk about it <laughs> uh, is um ai generative music oh boy and like <laughs> kanye west is singing justin bieber you know mm. it's like mm. when it comes down to it they're just frequencies and tones right expressing volume i mean you know when you when you take it from that angle it's really they're more ones and zeros more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you're really like yeah really mathematically breaking it down but yeah there's certainly you know uh the idea of rhythm and tones being manipulated uh to have like a you know someone's you know let's say it's chris christopherson or some shit uh that guy's voice but like singing uh you know a wu-tang song or something yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you can manipulate um i guess the math and the data to do that i, I really don't know yeah uh, i don't know where like, i was going i have to go too deep on it but yeah <laughs> the language the language barrier did not really limit that when it comes down to it and i don't think it should limit i think it, it just makes you more curious like you like us like looking up the lyrics and like you know, it makes you more culturally open, I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I feel like sometimes I'll listen to, to music that's not in English and I'm like, man, I really hope this is not saying something like, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, off color, or like, you know, offensive. Cause I'm just like, shit, <laughs> you yeah. know, but like, uh, yeah, there's certainly, you know, if you listen to like some music from the seventies, it's like in another language, it's like, you have no idea what the fuck they're saying. And it's like, well, I hope this is okay. <laughs> well, yeah, that was definitely a time of like a lot of cultural appropriation and like, yeah, you know. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying we don't get that now, but 
right. I would say people were a little bit more blinded than, than yeah, that. yeah. No, I would say that that there's certainly still a good amount of uh, cultural appropriation and, <laughs> and other such things going on. Um, but yeah, that's it's yeah. I feel like we could do like whole shows about uh, the AI thing and also like the yeah. idea of connecting with lyrics versus music first. Like I feel like yeah. you could you could do like a whole series on yeah. that sort of that question. And I think it's really fascinating. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, to dive a little back into the to the nuts and bolts of, of this album, um, the label is put out on, it's called Damnably Records. Uh, it's a London-based label founded in 2006 by a gentleman named George Gargan uh, of the band Former Utopia, which I've never heard of, but I read online. Super big list of bands. Yeah, they have a big list of bands. A lot of them actually uh, international bands, and many from Asia, including Shonen Knife, who's Shonen Knife I've heard of before. They're a pretty big name. So, yeah, uh, I was actually looking at some of the artists that they were touring with. Uh, Mm -hmm. Let's see, uh, the Cribs, which actually had uh, a member from the Smiths play in it for a while. I guess they're like a rock and roll punk band from England, I guess. I, I know of them. I don't really listen to them. Um, Say Sumi, which is like a Korean from Bus- Korean indie rock band from Busan, which sounds like kind of like I would. They got nominated. They were the second most nominated group after BTS. Oh, really? Which is crazy. Yeah, hmm. in Korea. But they, they remind me of like a block party from Korea. Okay. Yeah, um, and then there's this other band that or person that they toured with called Miyavi. He has a hit song in like some game game right now, but he, I just like skimmed through this, so yeah. I'm not like an expert. Uh, yeah. he, he he he's known for his slap guitar songs, uh, and then um, there's a there's one band that you might have heard from Ohio called Wussy. <laughs> they're 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 from Ohio and they toured with them. It was like an indie rock band, and then another Japanese band called Guitar Wolf, like an old school, more old school. There was another female, yeah, the female band that you mentioned earlier, Shonen Wolf. Oh yeah, Shonen Knife. Yeah, um, yeah. I did notice that that label had a few bands from Cincinnati, and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. Yeah, uh, it's just funny. I just went through some of these, and they possibly open for these but it's just funny that they built they got built either with another asian that was kind of not on the same genre right right or like indie rock yeah Yeah, it seems like very much like an indie rock label but uh i don't know maybe it's like a logistics thing i have no idea it's really (laughs) it's kind of fascinating yeah um so if anybody knows why, let me know. <laughs> let, us, let, let us know. <laughs> um, the album was recorded, mixed, and mastered by uh, Ipe Suda at LM Studio in Osaka, Japan. Um, uh, the guitarist, Yoshi Yoshi, uh, was particularly excited and uh, uh, happy with the experience of recording with uh, Ipe Suda. Uh, she said that he helped both mentally and technically Everyone had a vision for the album, which was hard to manage, but Mr. Suda didn't reject any ideas. If I had a hesitation over guitar part or sound, he always gave great technical advice. So it's nice to hear that. Uh, you know, for their first album, they like really, truly like found someone to 
sort of identify and get what they're doing because it's not an easy thing to digest. I don't think like just off the bat. Um, in fact, the album's called Super Champon and Champon is apparently a Japanese noun, meaning a mixture or jumble of different things. <laughs> um, and also cohesive to me, but yeah. And also uh, refers to a soup as well, which is like a mix of like seafood, pork and veggies. <laughs> we got to make a trip to Japan, dude. Uh, we got out of the TNT East, <laughs> TNT Far East. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, that'd be um, amazing. Well, what, what was cool, uh, what I found out, I'm sure there's some other songs, but the Yabonate Mojo was the Mojo song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't call actually, me Mojo. Yeah, that was actually released in 2019. They just renamed it. Mm. It was actually originally called Yo, Yoba. Yoban Toite Mojo. I think my Japanese is really terrible. Sorry. <laughs> Better than uh, mine. <laughs> uh, and they, they remixed it, like remixed it down, or maybe even, I think they remixed it down and re released it for this release. Hmm. And um, I think what also helped them get more in the forefront is their, um, what was song, which song was it that they got? license to a comedy show oh really i didn't read that yeah they had one of their songs <laughs> licensed to a comedy show huh in uh in japan well i did read that that song don't call me mojo refers to some japanese game show where oh yeah that is the song they like feature Sorry. like i don't know i'm just i don't know if it's undesirable or like strange or something like some sort of uh women that are like less than Desirable or something like that is what yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was a theme. It's... It was a theme song for Japanese TV comedy. Oh, Susumu Inomata and Eight Mojo. So they got a sync. They got a sync license. So that probably you know got them a, a jump start on some things, which is cool. Huh? Comedy. <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean they're pulling from a lot of different things, and then when you kind of think about like this idea of Champon. And like bringing all these different things in, um, you know, they are really blending quite a different, quite a mix of different things together. Even the band members, like Yo Yo Yoshi, was into Japanese rock. Uh, Hiroshan was into hardcore punk. Uh, Akira Rinrin and uh, Kaukis were like into Japanese pop music. And right. you know, obviously, there's like there's Riot Girl. You hear that? I hear, I, I hear like the, yeah. the the genre of Riot Girl and like. Uh, obviously punk and like hardcore you hear all that stuff in here um yeah they they do name a lot of like uh influences in the wikipedia too like some classic japanese bands too which oh yeah we should actually go back and yeah, like check it all out um yeah. i don't remember the names of them, but I, I i skimmed through some of them on youtube and i was like oh this is like dope shit actually yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like smooth like smooth rock Mm, yeah yeah like yeah, that almost like, like pseudo like, like almost muzak type of yeah type of sound. yeah kind of yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. actually bands <laughs> yapus uh Hakusayo, yeah, key yeah. model momo yamaguchi yeah uh Mirapo. <laughs> uh, yeah. i don't know who any of these bands are but <laughs> yeah I, uh, I feel like japanese culture to just take it to the next level on things yeah yeah uh the singer talking about the album in uh, the publication NME wrote or said, uh, instead of us aiming for chaos, 
it was more because we were our we were always pretty chaotic. Uh, she said we can only make this kind of thing. So in a way, the album is more about polishing what we already had uh, as opposed to leveling up. Yeah, so good play kind of of play. That's sick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, they basically like were all when they were first like starting to put out music and play shows together. They're all kind of working menial office jobs, whatever, whatever. And then so finally they like got their shit together. They like were playing enough and like had enough hype to be like, all right, fuck it. We're going to quit our jobs. We're going to like go full time into this band. And they started a tour and this tour was called something about like, it was called like something about celebrating like the fact that they quit their jobs. <laughs> like I, I don't ever get, it was like one word in, in Japanese. I forget what it was called. Um, and then two weeks later, COVID struck. <laughs> oh yeah. Dang. <laughs> so they gotta make it happen. Uh, yeah. So, but they continued to like obviously write this album and other music during this time. And I found online they did these like hour and a half sets online that are like uh, uh, just like YouTube videos, but they were like lot. You know how everyone was doing like live performances from yeah. wherever during like during the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. Literally for an hour and a half. This band, this album is eighteen songs and twenty minutes long. They played for a fucking hour and a half. That's crazy. And they played. They must have played every fucking song they knew. <laughs> yeah, that's so crazy. But they're playing it with like this amount of energy the whole time. I like. Yeah. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I like skimmed through it to kind of see like if they would slow down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. They just kept yeah. fucking rolling, man. It was wild. That's, crazy. <laughs> that's a lot of energy. They, you know, packed in, and that's what it is. That's why the term raging is like packed it's so packed into such small amount of time that like you would feel so beat after their show and not yeah. and not like upset because like they squeeze every piece of energy out of you, <laughs> you absolutely know? yeah so great for them they, they're reviving i think during south by i heard somebody overheard somebody say like oh punk is coming back in austin blah blah i'm like oh really yeah, yeah. So it's good to hear that like this was one of the bands that was on the official showcase and yeah. played shows, and they're touring right now. So maybe they'll make um, a comeback to New York. Before I'm they... hoping. I'm hoping. Uh, I did find a review of that show that they played uh, recently at LPR. Yeah, and uh, the person in some in something called the Alternative, a blog, I believe, um, said Otoboke Beaver's stage presence. Stage entrance was full of big grins and genuine excitement to be playing in NYC. It would almost be wholesome if I wasn't expecting to be absolutely demolished by their electric performance. Otoboke Beaver is like sticking a fork into an outlet. The chemistry on stage was palpable and the crowd almost worshipped them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, their approach is super fresh. Uh, yeah. Uh, not only in the live music, but their, their video content and stuff because... Uh, I forget what the video content was that I forwarded to one of my friends earlier today. Oh, it's called uh, the video was called "Dirty Old Fart Is Waiting for My Reaction," in the English version. Yeah. So they pretty much subtitle like it's pretty much first person viewer of like a, your TikTok interface or Instagram interface with all the captions and stuff. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's just like that's so great, you know. And they filmed it probably just on their phones. Oh yeah. You know, and cut it up. They had somebody cut it up. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, hold that thought about, you know, the idea of, uh, you know, the quick cuts and the, the Instagram ability of it all. Uh, let's listen to, to another track real quick. Uh, and I say real quick because it's only 26 seconds <laughs> long. Uh, 
So it's called Where Did You Buy Such a Nice Watch You Are Wearing Now? Oh, it's so fast. I couldn't even turn it down fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> it, they're like all interludes, like stitched together or something. I don't know. It's really, it, it flows really well, actually. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, I found a, a note about that song uh, in a kind of like their, their sarcasm and apparently their humor. And apparently it's like Kyoto has like its own kind of wry sarcasm, according to this article. And, uh, Apparently, the band chants the song's titular refrain, uh, Where Did You Buy Such a Nice Watch You're Wearing Now, over a mockingly imposed metal riff. The line isn't to be taken as a literal question, but as a veiled fuck you. The band are really sneering, watch the time, go home. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Kyoto's the old capital, right? It's very old school, very traditional. There's traditional parts to it, but to, to grow up and live in Kyoto is... I would say it's like growing up and living in New York City, but the yeah. old, the old New York City, right? You know, yeah, with a lot of traditional stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, I went to Kyoto once, just remembering all the the Zen gardens and how beautiful it was, and it's kind of wild that like they come from it and they're just like fuck all this <laughs> it's know? really interesting you know we were talking talking before the show about like how new this is right like it's a new album the band hasn't been around for like a super long time mm-hmm. um and they're like really obviously like uh breaking internationally mm-hmm. and you were saying before the before we played that last track like this idea of the videos like being subtitled uh some of the some of the lyrics are clearly in english and then some of them are obviously in japanese uh-huh. and so it's just like this idea of i don't want to say something as stupid and heady as like is this album like a representation of like globalization but like <laughs> it's interesting to kind of think about like music in 2023 and like how it breaks and how people identify with it yeah no i think this is one of the ongoing questions that we always bring up do we do a new band and talk about like the new landscape I the quick cuts and whatnot. Um, yeah. The twenty twenty, the globalization part is. That's I don't a, know. That's a yeah. That's a galaxy brand idea, but it's that's just like, like I don't know how else to say it. The like, global oh, citizen, but we are more connected. You know, we are right. more algorithmically, Chat GPT. You know, everything's instant now. You know, so yeah. like you put put a track out tomorrow, it could blow up. Like look at Girl Talk and whatnot. You know that that was like ten years ago. Yeah years ago um they're they're definitely you know some people wouldn't say 26 seconds is a song but it sounded like a song to me you know yeah um and some people never listened to hardcore before which is like you know very much a tradition of like old punk and hardcore is like for super short songs to be a thing so that's just you know that's just what it is that's just normal (laughs) that's normal (laughs) for you but not normal for me or for other people looking at it like it it fits today's uh consumption of quote unquote content 
Right, right. That's a shit uh, consumption of content. It's yeah, just funny it, because like those are things I would not really associate with like punk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm looking at their band camp. I'm looking at their videos. You know, yeah. they have a lot of they have three videos, but I'm looking at their merch. They have a bunch of merch that looks like really cool and Yeah. I, I'm I'm really curious on like what their day jobs were before the pandemic and what they were doing and yeah uh, and the one really interesting part is that their original bassist left and their new bassist Hiroshan was actually a fan from like their email list or something that asked to join the band. <laughs> oh, for real? <laughs> yeah, which is cool. Like. You're I think so she did all the design as well, actually. Yeah, so like, you know, you're incorporating your fans into the music that you're making in a sense. And it's just, you know, this might be like 40 years down the road, it's just going to be rotating members. Like, there's not going to be any original band members, but hmm. it's going to be also Odo Beke Beaver, <laughs> you know, 2000. 68 or something you know <laughs> like two second songs <laughs> that's hilarious just like one tone like for a while <laughs> yeah you never know so that's pretty funny <laughs> yeah um yeah it's like a very i don't know maybe it's just because we're dudes in our mid-30s and so like we're less like in tune with like i don't know being online as much it feels like a very like it's not that they're necessarily like an online band or they're like a meme band or anything, but like the, um, the way that they market, the way that they produce and um, you know, some of the jokes I feel like are very like kind of like wry like that, that you would find like sort of like on a tweet or something. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think the music definitely reflects their life life. Not, I wouldn't say lifestyle, but their sure. life and yeah. the lead singer is definitely, or, or the band is actually writing songs, their soundtrack their own soundtrack to you know whatever they're interacting with that day or their experience of that day whether it's short or long or whatever yeah Yeah. there's a quote in pitchfork talking about um one of their songs uh that's actually coming up next in the background um it says the lyrics fired off in quick sharp bursts are both menacing and hilarious on the two-part do you want me to send a DM? Uh, they turn a familiar action into a ticking time bomb. Do you want me to send a DM to your girlfriend who knows nothing? The band warns in unison. Direct mail, direct trouble. Screenshot, I make it visible. <laughs> <laughs> so it is like, you know, in some ways, like the modern experience for for these people, which is like, you know, that's the essence of uh, kind of like punk, like early punk was like, uh, you know, none of the early punks knew how to play music, but they all just like wrote about what was in front of them. Uh, right. And obviously, it's different because these these women all know how to very much play music, <laughs> but they're still like yeah. taking that sort of like grassroots idea of like writing what you see and turning it into to music. Yeah, it was really hard to find what their background, each of their background, other than their influences were. I would be really curious. Like, we should do a, a second take on them a few years down the road. See how it evolves. Yeah, and see how they evolve and what the the scene is like. Absolutely. You know? But I, I think they are they come from a scene where they're just gonna be live showing it everywhere all the time. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they like only had like five releases or four releases their whole for like over a ten year period. Which right, is right. shows like nonstop. 
just tour <laughs> you know? like crazy. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. I can see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm that's, certainly. That's, yeah. I'm catching them next time they come to New York. Yeah, that's, that's their meat of the. It makes me like just doing the show makes me. Oh, I should have fucking went to go see them. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, to briefly put this album in context with other music in 2022, um, this does not sound like anything else that was popular in 2022. Uh, <laughs> the top ten albums of 2022 were by Bad Bunny, Adele. Morgan Whalen, Wallen, uh, Taylor Swift had two of them, uh, and Kanto, the soundtrack, Harry Styles, Olivia Rodrigo, Drake and the weekend. Um, so this is not the polar opposite, but like pretty far, pretty far, uh, 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 field from, from any of those groups. Yeah. And it's definitely far, but you know, we're, we're two guys from America grew up in America and they're actually making a mark with you know their labels from london but all their press and stuff a lot of their press is american and yeah it's all positive dave yeah. Grohl, you know <laughs> yeah yeah i mean they're on npr and kxp yeah. did, like they performed yeah, yeah. like a 20 minute set for kxp yeah um, you know so they're definitely oh. definitely getting out there um one fun fact about them is that there's a track on this album called George and Janice. And uh, it's actually an ode to the head of Dan Nobly Records, who uh, George Gargan and his his wife, and they got married. And apparently all the a bunch of the bands on the label like made songs for them for their wedding. Um, oh. And their that band Say Sue Me that you were talking about, the South Korean band, apparently wrote them like a very sweet kind of twee ballad <laughs> and Otoboke Beaver uh, wrote a 43 second like basically ripper that shrieked warnings about sugar and descriptions of the couple's altercations and uh, basically scary diabetes scary diabetes we love Jordan Chance. <laughs> that's hilarious I think you know it's it's great because they're mm. just enjoying making the music that they want to make and it's almost like they're not taking it seriously but they are taking it seriously you they're know, taking they it so very fun. seriously yeah but like almost in the vein of like a diva or something we're like yeah. diva is goofy as hell right yeah and like super out there and super weird and did a bunch of like goofy shit but like very purposefully right um and i feel like that like good example. Th this reminds me of that i think yeah that's a great example yeah yeah <laughs> 45 44 second shredder i like that oh yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> oh, any other uh thoughts about this one Tom? before we wrap up here um well we know that they got signed in 2016 right right 2016 and 2017 they must their label or they got booked at south by and what i thought was cool is like they started a kickstarter to fund their their flights and stuff over here and then like they traveled so long in 2018 to like just play two shows at coachella you know oh, so, yeah. oh like, yeah i read that they like pl like traveled some insane like distance to do yeah they're from yeah. japan dude like yeah. <laughs> yeah. anywhere from japan to la or whatever <laughs> it's be insane. but you know the the dedication and the you know the yeah. eagerness to just play these shows you know and have fun with it and just be goofy at the same time and like but also like ripping really hardcore riffs like, yeah yeah you know, it's like okay cool <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, 
they've played a you know they've played South by Southwest a few times, and uh, Rolling Stone said of their set uh, earlier this month that it was both a goddamn riot and tight as hell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, so, you're making Rolling Stone sounds kind of old, right there. <laughs> wow, that's what Rolling Stone wrote, man. <laughs> Right as hell. No. <laughs> Sorry. I can, you know, at least they're writing about them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At least they're writing about them. So, yeah, um, if, if they're coming into your town or if you're somewhere near them or you get to meet them or whatever, you know. Oh, yeah. I, would, I would say go for it. <laughs> um, one more question. Last yeah. question, I guess, for Ami is what is the best setting for this album? Hmm. Interesting. Like dinner, first <laughs> date, uh, bedtime music. <laughs> Certainly not bedtime music. I feel like I was riding my bike uh, through the, through the city streets listening to this album, and I feel like that's appropriate. Where it's like, like crushing beers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's another that's another appropriate venue. I would say okay. maybe not at the same time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> we would love to hear from anybody out there. Absolutely. Uh tell us tell us where you listen to this album. Uh did it uh surprise you? Did it wake you up while you're doing laundry in the morning? Um <laughs> tell tell us what your, you think. Your ringtone, your alarm ringtone. Yeah, yeah. Put it put it like as your nap uh alarm <laughs> song. Uh, you can, if you want to write to us, you can, you can write us and tell us about what you think at TNT radio NYC at gmail.com, uh, TNT.radio on Instagram. Um, and yeah, if you want to go on to our show on Apple or Spotify and rate us and give us five stars and, uh, you know, whatever that's good, that helps us get the show in front of new folks. Um, and all of our old episodes, all, uh, three plus seasons, folks believe it or not are up up in the podcast feed um, we're in 28 29 or something uh, i don't even know <laughs> season four episode three yeah it would be like 33 oh nice cool 34 or something like that okay. um just want to give a quick shout out to montez press radio uh we'll be back uh broadcasting on montez press next month um feel free to check them out and all the other great shows that are on their archive. Um, our next show will be sometime in late April. We're both like traveling and doing other stuff, so we're going to pre-record it and send it out. <laughs> because this uh, is not the most important thing that we do. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but it is a thing that we definitely like doing. <laughs> uh, our next album is going to be Amel and the Sniffers, so another international ripper uh, to take a look at. So uh, they're from Australia. Give them a peek in advance if you want to. Uh, Ton, anything else uh, you want to say before we before we sign off? No. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Man, a few words. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, and we're going to go out on a song called Leave Me Alone. No, stay with me. Uh, we'll see you next month. Thanks so much. Bye. <laughs> Give me up, 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 give me up